Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always fright. Welcome to the greatest show on And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode of the show. Spooky Month continues as we go lead up to Halloween. And tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week, Murder Party, from 2007, directed by Jeremy Saulnier. But before we get into the antics of what an art group does when they have somebody to possibly kill, it's the bold and beautiful returning to the show, the Gold Gate Keith. Did you say Spooky Island? Spooky Island? Oh, no, Spooky Month. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> spooky Month. Yes, indeed. I, I am I am returning to the show. And, uh, and, yes, welcome, everybody, to Talking Terror. He returneth. He has come to return. And we're also joined by the psychotic simian, the man monkey, Prince Memoir's Day. Yes, get funky with the monkey. Yes, baby. Welcome to Talking Terror, folks. You're home for the latest on horror news and always unique movie reviews. Now sit back and relax and just let us come in your ears for the next two hours while you are listening to the tantalizing tales of Talking Terror. Don't forget to hit the like button and make sure that you follow your favorite horror radio program on both Facebook and Instagram, baby. What is up, my friend family? Woo! Mm. Hey. All right. He's got the cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. He's got the yayo. Out my He's bag. He's got the yayo. Oh, <laughs> oh. You're boofing that shit, bro? I, I, I mean, boofing it. Yeah. You put out the line <laughs> and, like, pull your cheeks apart and suck it up? <laughs> Oof. Man, no. that's, that's prison <laughs> style. I don't know if he wants to do that. I'm, I'm saving it for, like, a senator from New Detroit to sit there and sniff it off my ass. Like the like the prostitutes that I am. <laughs> you slutty monkey. Bitches leave. <laughs> slutty monkey. <laughs> Nothing wrong. <else. laughs> and of course, we're also joined, last but not least, by the very opinionated, very educated, very highly motivated, Demonic Dean himself. Welcome back to the show. I am the dean. You're right. I am highly energetic and highly motivated right now. Can't you see how excited I am? I'm here. I have no fear. I may be queer, but I don't know. Hello. Are you not hearing me? No. No. You're kind of coming through now. You sound like you are like your phone is 10 feet away. Well, it's a good thing that you say that because I'm not using a phone. I never use a phone. Uh, I had been talking this whole time, but I guess there was something wrong with my – because I'm a professional. Exactly. Professional and energetic and <laughs> motivated and all of the things that the king has set out before our audience. I'm not necessarily all of those things at the same time at all times, but I definitely have elements of each of those uh, 
adjectives um, here and there. I like adjectives. So, yeah, I could use them. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's words. fun when we use adjectives. In the show. Words. words. We know. <laughs> we got words. So, of course, yeah. <laughs> we, of course, have horror news to get to with the dean. Uh, but, Monkey, Ghoul, do you have anything you want to bring up uh, the chat about before we get into the horror news department? Only the thing, yes, that the uh, ghoul sent me, don't know if this was in horror news or not, but yeah, apparently coming to Apple TV, there's going to be a new series called Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, and this looks cool as shit. Yeah, it's going to have Kurt Russell and his son both in it, and this is definitely tying in the Toho and the Godzilla Kong universe and all that, and like this is about an agency that is kind of behind the scenes of everything that's going on with the kaiju kaiju stuff in this universe and it just looks very very cool and lots of big fucking monsters so yeah you know ghoul thanks for shooting me the link about this thing yeah uh trailer is up on imdb if anyone wants to check it out but this looks like it could be a lot of fun <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like that that got slipped over to me today through through my Apple app. You know, I have Apple TV, and uh, you know, through the uh, the one, one of the packages that I, I pay for, and uh, along with the you know, like I always say, every other fucking streaming service under the sun. I swear, I don't think there's any that I don't have <laughs> at the present time. Um, but you know, regardless, yeah, I saw that and I was like, all right, you know what? Hey, I gotta watch it. And then as soon as I did, it was like, you know. Like, okay, listen, don't get me wrong. I know, like, a lot of these streaming services, Max, all this stuff, they've got money now. You know, they're, they're getting funds. They're, it's not like the old days of, like, hey, we're going to give you some shit, and you can use some, some you know, lesser-named actors, and maybe your production values are going to be a bit lower. That was what I was expecting when I hit the play button to start watching that trailer. And, you know, at first when I saw the scene cut in and I saw the Golden Gate Bridge and I was like, oh, all right, they're just reusing some of the footage from Godzilla in 2014 or whatever year that was. Uh-huh. Uh, but then it cut, then it cut to the newer footage of the same moment occurring from a new character's perspective. Now, again, I've seen this done, you know, and, you know, to, to, to really make it all short, what I really was not expecting was to see a series that is coming to Apple TV that looks to be having about the same exact budget as the film series that it is going yeah. to be taking place within the world of. That was cool. Mm-hmm. This is seamless. You know, it looks just like that Godzilla movie. It looks just like the Khan film, um, which is great because it doesn't make it feel like a cheaper knockoff version of that world. Similar to like if you yep. watched Agents of Shield after the Avengers came out, and it was like, okay, yeah, I guess this is kind of the same world, but you know, it's just a fucking character. <laughs> it's like a real like it's it's like the Wish version of the MCU, you know. And then they they picked up on that, they realized it over time, and that's why you know now we have the Disney Plus series that are all you know operated with bigger budgets and better stars, but. uh but, yeah, it looks impressive. It looks fun. It's coming in a few weeks. I mean, I think it was, like, November 17th. So, you know, I've got some other series that I'm trying to wrap up and get into and watch. And hopefully by the time that rolls out, I will be ready to just roll right on into it. Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, so. <laughs> I, gosh, guys. I mean, I know. 
It was so cool, the fact that I was ahead of both of you, Ghoul and Monkey, because I posted about that a month ago on the Talking Terror Facebook page, September 8th to be exact. I posted a teaser trailer for Monarch, and I was like, look at this, Kurt Russell in a Godzilla series. Wow. So, hello, guys. Welcome to the chat. Well, well, sorry, King, okay? We ignored your I'm doing God's work over here. (laughs) <laughs> and we you know, we're so, this is why you feel invisible to the world. But know this. You are not invisible. You are loved. Ready? Listen. We can even play music for you. You are loved. You are loved. Just like Jada Pinkett Smith loves Will, we love you. She hasn't loved him since 2016. You know that. You know, they haven't even been together since 2016. That's not true. Love. That's fucking she loving all that other. She's she loving all that NBA dick. That's what she's loving. Man, she she did not go to the Oscars as fucking... his wife, but she definitely left those Oscars as his wife. So, so let's let's be sure. Okay, we got you. We got you. We hear you. We feel you. We see you, King. We love you. Yeah, that's the problem. I get seen too much, and that's how I get banned from places. I'm trying not to be seen. That's the whole thing. You know? <laughs> Apparently, I can't go to Curve's gym anymore because it's not a men's gym. It's a women's gym. And I was like, you know, it's not very cool. Well, I mean, just because I wanted to get on, you know, but, you know, I tried things and it just didn't work. You you just got to be like that one dude in fucking not another teen movie. What I'm just, yeah, I'm just here to pump iron with you ladies, right? Oh, man. Ooh, estrogen, you know? Oh, God, my bra is totally killing me. <laughs> That's the shit you got to do in there, man. I love your tatas. Wasn't it? I'm pretty sure that was a scary movie. <laughs> The the fucking oh, okay. gym teacher. That my, was my bad, my bad. And my he had the balls popping on his shorts. No, I'm just I was trying to think of who that was. I was like, oh, that's some scary movie. The balls popping out of his yeah. shorts. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that, but yeah, no. I mean, I just like to stand in the corner and drink a tab, and I'm like, am I right, ladies? Thursdays. And they're like, can you get out of here? And I'm like, sorry, God. Just trying to hang out with the ladies. It's the only way I know how to meet chicks. <laughs> go to the curves and hang out and just be like you're doing a great job Sally alright one more rep no, I'm not a coach okay. there either no I'm not a big yeah. guy man I'm not the king of horror I'm the queen of terror no. yeah, sounds like all my exes the queen Ooh, look of at my titties no no I've heard that before too huh it's like the brides of Dracula with me. They're all just haunting and just terrorizing. But <laughs> all I mean, those twenty-five-year-old goth girls following you around all over the place. Twenty-five. <laughs> no, the king likes them old. That's me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. None yeah. of them are goth, and none of them have like, tattoos. I like my girls a little bit older actually. and tattooed, and a lot of fucking issues. They have to be committed one time. What the dean does on our Instagram, I don't know anymore. You know, like I, I, I log in every now and again, and I look and I see all these, 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 these wonderfully tattooed, big-breasted women like everywhere, all over our page, and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing all the time? Like I pop up yeah, every you now know. and again, and I put on, I put like yeah. some horror picture up or something, and like every, every other person that's like interacting with our thing are like these beautiful, big-breasted women, and I'm like, damn, dean, damn. you're doing good. No, I, I, you know, truly, I and I'm opening it, and I'm opening it right now and looking. Yeah, uh, you're opening like, up. 
the Instagram, the account, all the no. the liked accounts are all like that I'm seeing are all it's it's deadly disorder art the clown it's it, you know it's all the dads from the crypt it's it, you know it's a mix of everything um I don't know why there is like a like a like if you click on the um like the exclamation mark I mean the the magnifying glass like for the the reels and shit like there's all kinds of crazy shit in there but I don't know where it's all coming from because I don't really use the talking terror account for anything but like just posting and and then and then seeing who's 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 liking our shit. Okay, so we've seen dick pics, you know, hidden in the corner of the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, I, you know, it makes me wonder then, is it that it's tracking all, all the things that I look up on my phone? Big tits, tattoos, goth. <laughs> it could be, I don't know. Except for the goth part. But it's also fucking so, horror. I mean, a lot of... Uh, big-titted girls with tattoos love horror, so it's not surprising. It's not shocking, you know, that probably half of them have a yeah. Jack Skellington tattoo and or a Shining tattoo. Like, they fucking mm-hmm. love horror. Yeah, there's movies. a lot I mean, of that. There's cool. a lot of the horror tattoo, uh, the horror tattoo female community like that, for sure, that, that follows our account. But I don't, I don't, you know, when I look at the, because like, as far as what we, as far as what I post on there, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, like what I post, what I post on there. It, like it also goes to the Facebook page, right? So you're seeing everything that's going on there, King, right? No, doesn't go to the Facebook page. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, I thought it when should. I post we on the fucking it. Instagram, it like so, uh, it's not on the Facebook page. All right. Well, anyway, I've seen it. Like, yeah. Right. Like, like um, as far as what gets posted, like it's it's you know it's all horror content, you know. So. Oh yeah. No, like there's nothing else but yeah. that. No, you're going to get that kind of audience, and it's fucking awesome. You love all of them. All the dudes that are oh, yeah, tattooed yeah. and have, you know, big dicks and all the big tits. Big dits, big tits, tattoos. That's that's the Instagram and Facebook page. Uh, Goddamn, we love it. Don't get me wrong. I, I am not complaining in any way. <laughs> no? no I wouldn't be well, either. It kind of sounds like you might be a little upset about, about it. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. Definitely not upset. Because <laughs> yeah, I'll just pass it my way and be like, here, I got you some scraps. I'm like, oh, nice. Instagram. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's called Summer. She's got black hair. She loves the craft, and she has several Jack Skellington tattoos. All right. She loves the craft? Give my number. The craft. Why is the feather uh, stiff as a board? She well, loves Nancy. The craft. Craft. Mm-hmm. No, the craft. You know, if you're a goth girl, you gotta love the craft or the crow. One of the C movies. You gotta love either or. You can't be both. Typically, it's either one or the other. Either it can't rain all the time, or as stiff as a feather, white as a board, Nancy. Can't be both. <laughs> yeah, as I found out. We come just, across so many of those. <laughs> right? Uh, you're, just, you're, you're going to. You know, and every October they have This Is Halloween, the, the song playing somewhere on their Facebook page or Instagram because it's October 1st. <laughs> Got to do it. I love Sally. I love Jack. Yeah. No, I mean, they're great. <laughs> I'm just as sad. I just don't have as many tattoos. I'm dead on the inside, not on the outside, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but uh, then uh, one last thing is just just friendly reminder yeah. for people out there, if you have not had a chance to yet, definitely 
start checking out Gen V. Like, the Jeeve mm. and I have been watching it, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I can't wait really? till the series is over so that we can all chat about it. But, yeah, right now I'm definitely enjoying the ride. It It is a lot of fun. <laughs> I have to watch it with you then because I'm on episode three and I want to give up. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, what? This is this. I was like, woof. I was like, I'm in at the episode three. I'm still on it, and I'm like, mm, there's like two more I got to check out. Wow. Well, I'm just not liking it. Not like I like the boys. I mean, it's a spinoff. I knew I wasn't gonna like it that much, but you know, I like the character Emma. I think that's the only takeaway. And I don't know where the ghoul and the uh, the dean stand, but me, I'm like, yeah, give me the boys. <clears throat> I yeah, I mean, will tell you where ahead, I stand. Dean. Uh, I am currently uh, halfway through the third episode. Uh, I will be finishing that and probably will get through the first half of the fourth episode this evening. That seems to be what happened since I started watching it this week. I put on the first episode the other night and kind of fell asleep halfway through it because I put it on late. And then the next night finished that one and then started the next one and fell asleep halfway through episode two and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm totally digging it, having a ball, having a great time, and I can't wait to get back to it. Sweet. All right. Well, that's all that I have for interrupt. For, well, for Hardy. Well, didn't give his thoughts. I was waiting for him to talk. Yeah, I mean, wow. Like, yeah, fuck you, Mark. What the hell? Jeez. Yeah, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am 100% enjoying the shit out of the series. I'm fully caught up. I've watched all five episodes. Um, I cannot wait for Friday, so when the, the next episode is on and I can get home, uh, if it's early enough, I will watch it as soon as I get home. If it's not, I will watch it, you know, Saturday morning, which is what I ended up doing last week. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I feel like this is, it is fully 100% within the world of the boys. You know, this is where our characters like Homelander and, and Maeve and all of them, This is I can easily see them all coming from this school. The the humor is there, uh, you know, and I can easily see how some of these characters could end up moving over to the other series as well. And, uh, and yeah, you know what? Little Cricket is a fucking scene stealer every time because that chick is just yeah. fucking funny. And, and, you know, like the, the power set and, and the positions that we've seen this poor girl in at this point have just been <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. talk about that more. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, well, well, I'm sure, you know, we'll eventually talk about all the episodes when they premiere. I don't know. I just, I guess I have to rewatch it. I just, I don't know. Like, I'm just not finding myself enjoying it like I enjoyed the boys. And I think it's just because I think the characters on the boys were a lot more interesting in a way. Like, I feel like these characters that we get introduced to, they're just kind of like, all right, you know, I mean, they're not bad. Like I said, I like Emma, you know, as a little cricket, you know, cause she's hilarious and very funny, but like the rest of the characters are just kind of like there, you know, like I'm not really gravitating towards anybody. Whereas like with the boys, you get both sides, you get the soups and then you get Billy butcher, you know, and his merry band of bastards that just want to take out the soups. And, you know, I don't know. just found it much more engaging than I've been finding these episodes of Gen V. Do you think what it is is, is that hmm. the other series, being that it's mostly full of white males, speaks more to your own truthness as being a white male? Am I white? I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I am anymore. So maybe. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> I, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I like A-Train. 
You know, so there you go. So I don't like it all for the white guys. I think A-Train's great. He can't have so run wait, cancer, wait, but he can sure run fast. What you're, what you're saying is then is that you do have some black friends. I have, like, a, I have a black friend. I don't know about several, but I have, like, a black friend. I mean, you know, comes of living in Lancaster City. You got to have one. Gets you some street cred. Like, oh, wow. I know, I know that guy next door. He's very cool. Hey there, my brother. No, don't say that. Okay, I'm going to go inside now. You know, see, that's, that's how interactions go. You know? But no, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'll have to rewatch uh, Gen V, the episodes I already watched, and, and fun. I don't know. Just The gore is great, you know, but, yeah. I just I can't wait for the next boys season to come out. Hopefully it's next year and not, like, Stranger Things coming out in, like, 2023 or, or 2033, whatever it is. I don't know. No idea when Stranger Things is coming out, but... But, yeah, I, I will have to revisit it this weekend and see. But, all right, Dean, what are we talking about in horror news tonight? So, figure since we've talked about it uh, so much over the last couple of weeks, uh, we know that Miramax uh, has acquired, they are the winner, the big winner over A24, that they have acquired the, the TV rights, the TV rights uh, to Halloween. Uh, this is a wide-ranging deal. Uh, that includes a first-look agreement on other TV projects in the domestic and international marketplace. Uh, Miramax now has both the TV and film rights to all things Halloween and can map out an integrated film and television universe if they so choose. All right, here we go. Halloween Resurrection, the TV series. Let's do it. <laughs> Trick-or-treat, motherfucker. Oh, he's back. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a Miramax property. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, I man? I left the door unlocked for you. Go get him. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, get I'm fucking Michael Myers in this situation. Oh, man. You know, and, and he fucking knows Kung Fu. And I just, yeah. I, Miramax getting it could be kind of fun because they, they've already said that they can include all that shit. Like, there was somebody saying that they were going to try to do, like, a multiverse fucking Halloween series. I'm like, oh, fucking – just make it insane. Just make it as crazy as possible, and I'm in. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, make a multiverse of fucking madness of Michael, you know, where it's fucking H2O, Resurrection, Halloween 6. All of a sudden, all these Michael Myers are just standing on Haddonfield. You have Force Ghost and they, running around. Oh, shit. <laughs> And then you find out none of it's actually real. It's all happening inside of the TV sets of Halloween 3. <laughs> Tom Atkins just shows up at the end. God damn Halloween. Oh, shit, we got Inception. <laughs> oh, no, we're in Halloween 3 land. God damn it. Shut it off. Stop it. Just him fucking yelling, stop it. You know, it's a serious finale. <laughs> I'd pay to see it. All right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? The original screen-worn glove, Freddy Krueger glove from the original Nightmare on Elm Street film uh, has been located. Uh, It has been screen-matched and verified and is currently up for auction by Prop Store. Uh, The Hmm. current bid, uh, if you wanted the opportunity to, to own this sharp piece of cinema history. Uh, the current bid is over $100,000 right now, 
and the auction is running through November 9th. You need a little time to, to save up uh, to, to get your bid in. Uh, now would be the time to start saving because there's only a few more weeks before the auction closes. And we're talking about the original screen-worn glove from the original Friday the 13th. You mean Nightmare on Elm Street? Sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. I apologize. Well, I mean, maybe Jason wore a glove in one of those movies. He did in part six. No, there you go. The Michael Jackson I'm glove. just trying to give you credit for this shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's... And I'm kind of wondering which one that is, because that original glove got stolen, you know, many, many years ago, you know, according to Wes Craven. So maybe the guy was just like, you know what, stole this years ago. Fuck it. Go and put it up for auction. You know, what, what's the statute of, you know, responsibility at this rate? I stole it back in 84. What are they going to do to me now? Statutes of limitations, motherfuckers. Plus, on top of that, it's like when stuff like that happens, and it's you know, and it, they say it's verified, you know, screen verified, and this and that, and it's like you know, it like you know, always makes you wonder, it's like how is that, you know, like you know, did, did the prop shop, you know, have some kind of markings on the inside or something like that, or you know, like yeah, you know, like you know, I'm just, just don't really trust auctions like that where it's like you know. We found it, and yeah, it's been screened, authenticized, and this that. It's like, but you know, without really the studio's blessing, you know what I'm saying, man? Well, it's just that he came in there with a note from Wes Craven before he died, saying, "This is actually Freddy's glove from my movie." <laughs> Love Wes Craven. And I'm like, oh shit! Ow! That that, that was so that nice of him. <laughs> that's a COD if I ever saw one. Let's put it up for auction. Like, but it's done in crayon. It doesn't even look like his signature. No, trust me. Like, it was right before he died. Like, right before. Like, he was knocking on that store, and he just wrote that out real quick for me. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any other picture evidence, but this is it. So I guess I'll be walking around with that check now. I mean, I guess yeah, anybody can verify it, yeah. anything. So, I don't know. That's a good question, Monkey. I don't know how they do that. I mean, I have a Michael Myers mask. Can I bring that in? Be like, this is from 1978, guys. Uh, I don't know how I know that, but I just, I know because John Carpenter said so. He was like, that's the one, and that's it. I don't, I don't know. It's just so yeah. weird. No, no, so, no. Nah, nah. You know you can't pull that off because John Carpenter would be holding out his hand look at, and looking at you going, where's the check, motherfucker? Where's the check? <laughs> yeah, I, he, he would, you know, and that's, did you see, um, he was actually interviewed about Halloween Ends, and they were talking about how, like, David Gordon Green kind of finally ended Michael Myers in this trilogy. And he was like, yeah, but, like, you could definitely bring Michael Myers back. Like, he could absolutely come back whenever. I mean, it's, there's always another story to tell. And I was like, oh, here he is. That guy wants another check. <laughs> He's just, he, he, <laughs> no, guys, there's so many, uh, there's so many stories to tell about uh, Michael Myers. Like, I, look at what I did with Halloween, too, and I didn't even fucking want to do that one. That movie sucks, but I still did it, and I got paid. Daddy Carpenter got to make that money. He's like, yep. He's going to do the soundtrack. He's going to produce. So, yeah, he just is waiting for somebody to pick up that Miramax fucking ticket. Oh, man, he's going to be all over that series. <laughs> oh, shit, a TV series? Hell, yeah. That's like every episode I get paid. Make it 25 episodes. <laughs> and three seasons. No, yeah, yeah, it needs to it needs to be twenty five because I have so much um, story to tell. Yeah, yeah, definitely needs to be twenty at least twenty five episodes. <laughs> it's going to take at least that to even break through the original story. I mean, 
we're going to have to think about, you know, the second season and the spinoffs and the movies that come from the spinoffs. I mean, guys, like, we're going to be in Haddonfield for a while. Okay, Mr. Carpenter, here's that Brinks truck. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, just dump it on the driveway. I'll count it when I get done. Yep. <laughs> so, can't blame him. I would do the exact same fucking thing if that was my property. And somebody is like, hey, can we do another Halloween movie? Absolutely. Where's my check? Fucking 100%. So I can't blame him. All right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Also, in the world of A Nightmare on Elm Street, the character of Jesse from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, on the heels of their uh, release last week, uh, Mark Mark Pat, excuse me, the Bulls Air. Uh, shoe company last week released a shoe uh, featuring the Blade character from the Puppet Master series. Uh, but this week, they are releasing a Jesse from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 themed uh, shoe. Uh, the shoe uh, will feature the theme of his, uh, his buttoned-up shirt uh, that he was wearing during uh, the bedroom and dancing scene. Uh, it will also feature <laughs> elements of his jeans as well as elements of Freddy's sweater. Uh, there are two different versions. There are There is going to be the clean version, and then they're going to be what they're calling the bloody version. The clean shoe is going to run you $200, while the bloody version will run you $300. They're available for pre-order right now, and they're expected to ship sometime in February of 2024. Hmm. So there's sort of like na- n- naked uh, gym scene version available? Uh, not to my mm-hmm. current knowledge. <laughs> well, fuck. Nope, not You're out of luck, King. <laughs> I know. I was hoping, fingers crossed, but no, it didn't work out. But they are selling the uh, the button-down shirt that he wore, the yellow one with the black crosses on it for like 65 bucks, And I was like, I actually might pick up one of those. I was like, just to fucking have you, just to walk around with my Jesse shirt. Like, hey, Mark Patton, all right. You want to clean my bedroom while I bump butts and listen to fucking pop songs? Like, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> hey, anybody want to play Probe? Too. I've got it in my closet oh, yeah, here. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here if anybody wants to play it. I guess I'll just leave it here. I'll leave it out. Guys, don't everybody at once play Probe. Was that even a real game? Or that, I felt like that had to be made up for the fucking movie. You know what? I don't know. No, it was a real, it was a real game. It was a real game. I, I looked it up when we covered it just to, just in mm. case. It was like, yeah, is that like – but no, it was, it was true enough. It was like a late 70s, early 80s uh, board game that they had. Pro. Oh, shit. <laughs> so they got right. Family game night. What are we playing? Monopoly, Family Feud. Let's play Pro. <laughs> All right. Pro. <laughs> Stop <laughs> being probed. But it ain't really hurt the last time we played it, Dad. Stop it. It's Fable Game Night. Don't ruin this for me. Probe it is. Like, oh. I don't want to be a part of this taboo family anymore. <laughs> don't worry, King. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to make you run laps in the gym at midnight. <laughs> no, Coach Schneider, don't. In the middle of the rain? Ooh. Don't make me do it, sir. He enjoyed it a little bit too much. That's the problem. Jesse needed to calm down a little bit. He was discovering himself a lot of ways that September. 
including <laughs> wanting to sleep with Grady instead of going to the pool party and making out with Kim Myers, who looked a lot like Meryl Streep. Would have picked her over Grady any day, but it's Robert Russell. <laughs> Weird science. <laughs> but all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? We know Our that there is just so much going on <laughs> in continually in the world of The Walking Dead. And uh, the first season of The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, is wrapping up, and uh, it has been announced that season two is already uh, deep into production and a long-winded title, but it's also been announced that uh, the second season is going to be The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, The Book of Carol. And this season will feature the return of Melissa McBride, uh, once again resuming her role of Carol. Uh, We know she could not participate due to her scheduling when it was announced they were going to film the first season of this spinoff in Europe. Uh, No word on the location uh, for uh, the second season. I have not yet started watching uh, the Daryl Dixon spinoff, so I don't know where the story has gone or if it's wrapping up and he has returned to America, so I don't have any details because I haven't watched any of it yet. Yeah, I have not finished Walking Dead myself. but um, So it's not a spinoff with Carol. It's actually going to be called The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, The Book of Carol. Well, wow. yeah, because uh, Daryl really Dixon will be title. there, because Norman Reedus will be there, because this was supposed to be a, a Daryl and Carol spinoff show, and Melissa McBride just, you know, when they were getting ready to gear up for the first season, she had to back out when they decided they wanted to right. film in Europe. It was strictly a scheduling thing. So this is, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going to be, I don't, I have no idea what the story is going to be. I would guess that maybe it's going to be the story they had in mind uh, originally. So I do believe that it's going to be Daryl and Carol together. That would be, that. that's my, that's the assumption that I'm going on. That's what they should have called it. They should have called the walking dead, Daryl and Carol. That's it. Season two. That's Darryl probably Carol, that might have been know? what it was originally going to be called, going back to before the first season. But you know, her ba- her pulling be, out, yeah. uh, you know, screwed up the whole the whole plan. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, I'm, not, up I'm not up to Dead City yet, so we're we're currently. Oh no, I mean we're not up to Daryl Dixon yet. We're currently watching Dead City. We did finish The Walking Dead proper finally, and uh, mm, and nice. have moved on to to Dead City. I think we're four episodes in there with two to go. So whatever it is. Did you start to get into it? Because I feel like maybe you didn't like it at the start. You know, I have to say, I still don't like it at this point. Hmm. I really don't feel, it it doesn't feel like it fits into the world of the Walking Dead as as we knew it. Uh, I don't like how you kind of can't necessarily figure out where you are on the timeline with things. Like it, it... it feels very rushed and disjointed, um, and, and the character motivations are a little bit, I don't know, dust to say the least. All right, but, well, I'm know, hoping we'll, that in we'll the next... finish it out, and, and we'll see what we think, you know? But I know yeah, I'm not the only I'm hoping one. the next... All th- yeah, I... Two episodes. Yeah, I mean, you got two, two to go, and hopefully that, that will... I would guess from my viewing, and, and I liked it. I didn't love it, um, like... The last couple, the last season or so of the show, I always felt that the best parts of the original series was when uh, Negan and Maggie were on the screen together. Um, 
you know, I didn't think it was the greatest thing ever, but I did like it. And I, I, I think I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts will be when, uh, when you get to the end of the season. Yeah. You know, and again, like I enjoyed the, the end of the walking dead. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was the greatest ending in the world, but at the same time too, it was like, okay, you know what, if this is how we're going to do it, how we're going to finish it, then, then, then fine. Uh, I do feel like, I don't know, one particular character's death was a little bit more fucking drawn out and, and, and dramatized for a character that I don't feel like really deserved it, um, like, at all, but whatever. I'm not the one that made the show. Uh, and I know as far as, like, Dead City, like I said, Sam is, like, you know, she went, she went balls deep into the whole Walking Dead universe, still is into it. She's watching Daryl Dixon and uh, – Whew, excuse me, sorry. Uh, and she, oh, the, she, like, as far as like Dead City went, like she had watched the first episode and was kind of like, yeah, this this isn't even for me, you know. And she moved over to Dead City uh, to uh, to Daryl Dixon, but she has been watching Dead City with us while we've been watching it. But I think the consensus in the house so far is that just we're not fans of Dead City at this point. And who knows? Maybe we won't be, but it's okay. I'm glad I'm glad All we're right. watching it at least. There you have it, said from the ghoul himself. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> well put. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I have nothing to say because I haven't even seen the episode pass for Rick left, so <laughs> I'm still there. Um, you know, and hey, they released the box set already on DVD and Blu-ray, so I might just get it for Christmas. And just be like, all right, finally going to watch uh, the episodes without Rick, and then I'll be be 2026 like all right guys i swear this week i'm on it i'm on it guys like it's only been five years but i'm on it rick grimes yeah that guy i'm rick Rick was on that show there was just so many great men remember shane wow going back guys (laughs) lots of characters lots of characters yeah the governor who was the highlight and then they dropped off and yeah then they picked it up again yeah what a fun ride The Walking Dead was for 35 seasons and 17 you know, I'll years. I'll tell you what, King. But, the final season was actually a lot of uh, – the, the Whisperers were a lot of fun. And I feel like, you know, the Whisperers brought it back to maybe close to Governor-esque hype. Um, mm. I won't say the final season got that high again, but the final season was like once it got going – it was an interesting way to see everything kind of wrap up. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I know I, I kid around. I mean, I'll definitely get around to, to finalizing uh, those those episodes. Just, you know, like I said, I, I was such a fan of those early seasons where, you know, I, was like, I can't imagine watching this, like, after Rick and now Carl and everybody else is, like, gone. I'm like, I don't know. You know, it's hard for me to love again after being having my heart broken so many times by The Walking Dead. But... I guess I'll have to figure out a way. <laughs> Get over yourself, man. Ne- I'll never love again. <laughs> you broke my heart. Just when I thought it. They broke my heart too many times, and I was just like, you're never going to hurt me again, Walking Dead. I'm walking away. And then it's like, you know what? I might have to go back. <laughs> it's like that troubled exit you never want to go back to, but that head game is so good that you just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. you know, it happens. 
you know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't. You know you walked away the right the first time, but then you're just like, ah, I miss her. And you find yourself spending a weekend tied to a bed, and where does the time go? And all of a sudden, it's Monday morning. You have to go back to work. And you find yourself having to show off your restraints and figure out a way home with only your boxers on. Ah, man. Good times in my late 20s. The, the, the good old days. But, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a lot when, of fun. When the king ended up with a restraining order. <laughs> Several, thank you. And I have them all framed. I'm very proud of all of them. Because I have their signatures. So, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you know. When you get to 10, you get a free Quiznos sub, all right? So I'm like three away. So that's, that's, all right. that's the goal. You hear that, ladies? You need three more restraining orders and you get the Quiznos sub. <laughs> Hey, Quiznos is pretty fucking good. They have a pepper bar, all right? I don't know if you ever heard that commercial, but they do. So it's worth getting those extra three. Then I hit the trifecta, and I get to take a picture with the judge and everything like that. I mean, it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm just going to be like, guys, I did it. It's important Quiznos to have goals. Quiznos sub, 10 restraining orders. It's important to have goals, because otherwise, what are you living for? You know? Exactly. Somebody's got to get those restraining orders filled out. I'm giving the clerk something to do. Because otherwise, they're just going to be sitting there staring at the clock. Now I'll give them something fun to do. They're like, what did he do this week? You know? You've got to bring joy to people's lives. Because if you're not, yeah. then what are you doing? You're not. You know? Nothing. I mean, I can't just do a not podcast. I have to find ways to get... No. You know? <laughs> I have to keep people on their toes. I have to keep them guessing. You know? Where is it going to pop up next? What store is it going to get banned from next? Why can't we go to that Walmart? Why do we have to go to this one? Three towns away. I'll, I'll explain on the way. Why has he got his dick out? Hey, listen, they didn't say anything on the sign about not having your dick out while you're shopping. All right? It is not written anywhere. I know it's like, you know, hey, guys, like, you know, you have to be, you know, nice. But no, nowhere does it say that you can't just walk around with your dick out while you're shopping. I have a shirt assume. and I have shoes. <laughs> Let me be service. <laughs> I have pants on as well. They just happen to be unzipped halfway down, and I'm hanging half mast right now because I'm shopping. All right, but in no way does it say that I can't do. Sorry to be controversial, Kmart, but you know what? Uh, it doesn't say that I can't do it. All right, you make a sign that says that you can't have it out, and then I'll put it away. You know, it's like people are just so judgmental in this day and age. They see one penis in a store, and they're just go. Oh, we got to get rid of this guy. You know, it's not fair. It's just a man. We're, we're in 2023. I mean, hey, listen. If a woman wanted to walk around with her shirt down, I wouldn't mind. So why can't I just walk around with you know my my me being me? You know, you're not going to see it behind that card anyway. You know, you're just going to be like, <laughs> oh, he looks awful comfortable, and it's like, oh, is he hanging brain right now? Oh, he's having a great Friday. You know. <laughs> It's the brain. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's you know, sorry. You know, it's not socially acceptable to walk around with your wang out in the store. But why isn't it? I mean, we're in 2024. We have like the great, well, 2023, almost 2024. Yeah, we can do fucking anything. All right. We are grownups. Let us be. But all right, then what else are we talking about aside from my bench Walmart? Well, wasn't that interesting? Uh, I'll tell you that uh, to celebrate. What stores have you been banned from, Dean? (laughs) uh, Old Silver Tavern (laughs) in uh, Englishtown, New Jersey. uh, To celebrate celebrate the 45th anniversary of the original Mm -hmm. Dawn of the Dead, 
uh, Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead will be returning to Regal Theaters uh, yeah, for a short yeah. theatrical run. So if you have always wanted the opportunity to see this in the theater, I believe it debuts on, on October 28th. Um, but check your Regal uh, listings uh, to find out when you'll get the chance to see it. Yep. They did it last year in 3D. They're doing it this year in 2D. It's not playing anywhere near around me. So I'm kind Sorry, of October 27th. October 27th. Oh, okay. Sorry, October 27th. Yeah, I would love to see the superior version of Dawn of the Dead play on big screen, but nope, not playing around here. So I'll just have to watch it at home. But very cool, though. You know, I'm a big fan of watching those old movies on the big screen, but all right. What else are we talking about, Dean? I will tell you that mm-hmm. there is going to be, uh, I think, expected to come out sometime next November, uh, a horror comedy called Zombie Plane. Uh, this hmm. film will feature uh, such cinematic talent as... <laughs> Chuck Norris, Vanilla Ice, and Sophie Monk, and they will all be playing themselves. Uh, They also say (laughs) that this film, numerous celebrity cameos, and will also be coming with a a pumping 90s pop soundtrack, uh, as well as Vanilla Ice original songs. Uh, so Chuck Norris and Vanilla uh, Ice teaming up uh, for right zombie, zombie plane. <laughs> zombie plane. Go zombie, go zombie, go. Go zombie. No, that's ninjas. Sorry. No. But, yeah, I think that's ninja, cool. I mean, hey, ninja rap. Ninja, ninja rap. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to hey, be that's sure, uh, the, the secret of the ooze ninja rap, but time will tell. We have pretty much a year to go until the zombie plane uh, graces your screens. I'm seeing that the Dawn of the Dead theatrical release is playing around um, like an hour from me. Uh, It's the same theater, I believe, that I went to uh, last October to see uh, the original Halloween in the theater. I had to go a little further afield than the theater that usually has these special showings. Um... I I can't decide if um if uh I want to if I need to see the original Dawn of the Dead in the theater I'm gonna have to think about it. It's playing multiple days. This isn't not like it's not one of these one time one night showings. Uh, like it's it comes on the 27th and it's like I can see all the way through Halloween. It's playing every day uh, through it looks like maybe November 2nd. Uh, so it looks like it's playing all the way through November 2nd. The theater out here, anyways, two showtimes, a 7.15 and a 10.15 showtime. So i got to decide about that. Maybe I'll make the journey, maybe not. If it was Day of the Dead, which I caught some on TV two nights ago, which is awesome as always, I would definitely go for it. But um, I don't know that I need to see the original Dawn of the Dead in the movie theater. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you don't even like that one. So, yeah, it's, I mean, unless they're playing the 2004 one, then I would say definitely, but... No, it's the Romero one. You don't like that one, so you can avoid it. I never said that I don't like it. I never said that ever, ever, ever. Please do not put words in my mouth. I said that I've always proclaimed that the uh, that I believe that Day of the Dead is Romero's masterpiece. Uh, I think that Dawn of the Dead, and again, this is nothing we haven't talked about uh, ad nauseum on our program, but I think that the original <laughs> Dawn of the Dead could be the most overrated 
uh, film in the entire genre. Um, I, 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 of course, I like Dawn of the Dead. I don't necessarily think that the massive amount of hype that it gets forever uh, is necessarily warranted. And maybe there's something in it that I'm missing that makes me feel that way. But I've always kind of felt that. I've always heard, oh, Dawn of the Dead is Romero's masterpiece, and it's the greatest zombie horror movie. And, you know, any time that I've watched it, I've been like, all right, this is good. I like it, but I don't know that it matches all of that hype. I've always preferred uh, Day of the Dead. And, yes, while I do, of course, really like the Dawn of the Dead uh, remake from 2004, uh, you know, I love to bring that up just to bust your chops as well. So I never said that (laughs) I don't like Dawn of the Dead. I never have said that I don't like the original Dawn of the Dead. I don't like the no, fucking was... high throwing scene. I think that, I think that throws so a hole. It like pulls like like it's like a. It just it doesn't fit the the movie to me. I feel like it it, it didn't belong belong there. Uh, that's like one of the big rights that I've had with it. Uh, but I've never said that I don't like Dawn of the Dead. No, well that that pine scene wasn't supposed to be in the movie at all. It was just George was kind of paying tribute to Marilyn Eastman who played. Uh, Karen Cooper's mother, Helen, in Night of the Living Dead, and her makeup artist in Night of the Living Dead, because she had said, hey, what if we kill these ghouls by throwing pies at them? And everybody kind of laughed and said, that's kind of stupid. We don't want to do that. So Romero wanted to have a little fun, and he's like, you know, let's pay tribute to Marilyn. You know, I mean, she helped get this thing off the ground anyway with Night. So, yeah, there was the pie-throwing thing. So a lot of people were thrown off by it, but he's gone on record to saying that was just kind of his, his way of saying thank you to Marilyn for everything that she helped with in Night. So... Yeah, it's out of place, doesn't make any sense, but, you know, it's fucking drunk bikers just trying to have fun, you know, with zombies, so <laughs> it's easy to kind of pass that up. But, you know, in case you didn't know that, Dean, I don't know, you might have known that already, but... I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't know that I, I knew that, but anyway. Well, just saying, you know, that's why it's there. But anyway, moving on, what else are we talking about? What else are we talking about, King? I'm going to tell you right now. This is what we're talking right, about. All right, give it to me. Uh... There uh, was supposed to be a sequel to the 2009 Friday the 13th remake. Uh, And what happened was, you know, there was some uh, financial box office success with the 2009 remake. And then when all of the people behind it for the sequel were trying to figure out how all the money was supposed to get divided, nobody could agree with anything or agree on anything. And ultimately, the project never came to pass. Well, Pages uh, from the script uh, that were supposed to come out, uh, that were supposed to, for the script for the, the unmade sequel, uh, one part uh, in these script pages uh, features a kill uh, where Jason is waiting at the bottom of a zip line uh, as a young woman comes racing down the zip line. Uh, she meets her end uh, from Jason, who's waiting at the bottom with his trusty machete. And then uh, the other, which that sounds like might have been a pretty cool kill. Uh, but then the the more interesting thing, and I haven't read the script pages, like it didn't have the information of what's on them. But the other part is that uh, something that has never really been talked about in the series, uh, the in other parts of the script pages, there's supposedly talk or an explanation about whatever happened or who or what became of Jason's father. Well, a liar. That would be interesting. Elias Voorhees. Originally got it was supposed to be in part six. Uh, part six. Jason lives. Yep, they were supposed to have a scene that uh, was going to be shot. They storyboarded it 
Uh, it's on one of the DVD releases where you could watch the storyboard of, of Elias visiting the grave of his son. And never really understood why they did that with these movies where, like, Jason and his mom were very far apart. Like, in part four, Pamela is just kind of, like, at the edge of the road. <laughs> Some reason, not even in the cemetery. And Jason's actually buried in the cemetery in part six. But I don't know. It, it's weird. how I figured they were keeping them together, but, you know. You can't really well, count on say? the uh, chronology. Some kind of fart head? <laughs> <laughs> Some people got a sick sense of humor. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, <laughs> but that's a great entry in the series. But, all right, what else are we talking about, Dean? Uh, straight off the success of the recent release of VHS 85, uh, which they called mm-hmm. their most uh, streamed, uh, you know, the it's highest volume of streamers on his debut. Uh, it's already been announced that the next VHS film uh, is already in the works, and this one will be blasting off to space uh, where the five different stories that are going to be presented will be uh, science fiction themed horror stories. In Ooh. space! VHS in space! I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, VHS 85 is on Shudder right now. Um, Monkey, I know you could find a way to watch it, so it might be one of my picks coming up for the end of the year because uh, I fucking watched it and I just had a great time with it. Uh, but I'm a sucker for those VHS movies, and I know that the ghoul hasn't seen a single one, and because you could start anywhere with these movies, I was like, 85 is a fun one because it's definitely a lot of nostalgia thrown in. If everything happens, so we'll see. But um, again, I'm a sucker for anything VHS, especially if they go to space. Um, but all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Oh, I like sci-fi. Oh, mm. look at that! Something, something for everyone. Uh, something oh, for everyone. Oh. Uh, you know, Woo-hoo. last year uh, <laughs> saw really? Disney Plus uh, presented present us with their uh, special uh, Werewolf by Night. Um, good. Which, it was good. Uh, which yes, it <laughs> was. And I, I, me, not knowing anything like historically anything about the character or anything, like had heard all about it. We talked about it on the show plenty of times. Uh, I watched it upon its debut as well, and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, very much so. I thought it was really good. Um, and I know that I talked about that also. But uh, what I'm here to talk about is that uh, it, just two days from now, uh, on Friday, October twentieth. Uh, Disney Plus will be presenting uh, Werewolf by Night uh, yet again, but this time it is going to be fully colorized. Uh, So the previous edition, the original edition, of course, was presented in black and white, and now Disney Plus is presenting the colorized version of Werewolf by Night. Of course, that will be on Disney Plus this Friday, the 20th. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not sure how I feel about that because that was the thing about the original version was when color came into it, you know, it was important, you know, that it was there in the black and white, you know, the the bits and pieces that were coming across stressing that this was an important part of the storyline here, this one part part of the storyline there, and then you have that bleed to color at the end, you know, of everything awakening, so... It, if you do the whole thing in color, it kind of just takes away from it. Yeah, but maybe they're going to reverse it and it's all going to fade to black and white. Yeah, 
Didn't think about that. Throw your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Okay, you're flipping up in that. Yeah. (laughs) He's so busy thinking about yourself. (laughs) See, Mm. don't think about how they could switch it and reverse it. Missy Ellie can do it. Why can't they? That's right. Exactly. (laughs) I saw the report. I saw the report recently. And, like, I get mm-hmm. where you're coming from, Monkey, with the whole, you know, like, they, they did it for the artistic merit of doing it. They did it to marry it to the the old type of films that it was paying homage to. Um, and and I love it. You know, I, I really did. I really did enjoy Werewolf by Night. I also don't see where putting a colorized version of it out would be a problem either. I think that it would kind of probably just be fun as well, you know, seeing what it would look like if it looks like all the rest of the uh, the Marvel properties out there that it is related to. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of like looking – I'm looking forward to it in, in, in both ways. So uh, it'll just be fun to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, if anything. It'll be fun to check it out again, which is very fucking cool. But, all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? It's long been – debated, uh, laid in store for the final two characters that were still standing at the end of John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, There's Hmm. been a little bit of controversy because uh, the cinematographer of the original film, uh, Dean Cudry, uh, claims... Cudney, excuse me, I sometimes cannot read my writing, plus I'm doing the show outside and it's getting dark and it's hard for me to see my paper. But anyway, uh, Dean Cudney uh, claims that throughout... Whatever. Dean says that... King Kong Bundy. Dean says that if you pay attention to the entire film uh, in all of the shooting... Uh, in any of the scenes with the characters, any character uh, that was still human uh, was shot with a little bit of glint uh, in their eye. And he says, if you look at the last scene and you look at the characters, you can see that glint in one of the characters' eyes indicating which one of them is human. Well, John Carpenter has spoken out, and he says that no, not even the cinematographer Dean knows the ending uh, as far as of the last two characters at the end of the film. John Carpenter, says, John Carpenter says that he is the only one that he knows, and he disputes uh, cinematographer Dean's claims. He says that, yeah, uh, Dean lit the shot uh, and set it all up and was shooting in the snow, uh, but uh, he says that he has no clue and you can tell him that you can tell him that he's full of shit. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, you know, so so some controversy there, uh, surrounding, um, you know, the ending of the thing. I wonder if we'll ever find out from Carpenter himself, like on his deathbed or something, uh, like who, you know, who or what, or what the, what, what he believes that the ending is, but, uh, the cinematographer, okay. home, Honey, uh, claims that, that he, too, knows, and he says that all you have to do is watch and look at the eyes of the two characters, and you will be able to tell for yourself uh, who it is uh, that is human. 
uh, okay, but hold on, because then back in the day, though, you had the thing video game that was on PC. That was the first person shooter. Yep. And it mm-hmm. and this took place after the movie. And you know, back then, Carpenter was saying this is canon. This is tied to the movie. So you right. know what's up if you play it all the way through, and you you, you get the ending. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, listen, it's, it's an old-ass game, Monkey. I don't think anybody's playing it any anytime soon. So you might as well just spoil it. What, what is up? What, what is well, old in the well, game? Well, it's just at the, the end. He, at the end. Yeah, you have Kurt Russell's character show up at the end. Okay. As, uh, as of the game. And yeah, so, yeah, so, so yeah. he's still, still around in the Arctic with the rescue and stuff like that, though. So it's like, you know, rah, you know. We we kind of already know who's still around in the, at the end of this thing. I mean, John Carpenter will tell you. You just have to pay him some money. Like, just <laughs> give him a couple hundred bucks and be like, hey, tell me who, who the fucking thing was. And he'll be like, all right. And then he'll fucking walk away with <laughs> And then you'll know exactly who was. So, you know, Dean Cundy didn't pay him any fucking money. He got paid. And he's full of shit, apparently. So, uh, John Carpenter just always stays salty. I just fucking love John Carpenter. That's full of shit. Dean Cundy, and he's full of shit. Dean Cundy? Carpenter says you can tell him that he said that. I'm sure he Hey, Dean, he said you're full of shit. Oh, well, you fucking tell him that he's full of shit. It's just a back and forth between Dean Cundy and fucking John Carpenter. Shit, I didn't even fucking like the movie. Hey, I was a cinematographer for fucking Back to the Future, dick. <laughs> okay, Dean, you got one on me. You know what's, you know what's funny? <laughs> Time I put on Back to the Future, and I and and this is like the the ghoul girl will totally confirm this. Every time I put that movie on, and I see Dean Cundy come on as director of photography or whatever cinematographer, I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Dean Cundy did this, the guy that did Halloween. And I always say at the exact same time, I wonder if I knew that. Do I say this every time? And the cool girl confirms every time that, yes, I fucking know this every single time, and I say the exact fucking same thing every damn time. See, now I have to, like, kind of be in the room when that fucking happens just to see you fucking eagerly wait for that fucking credit to pop up. Like, hey, that's Dean Cundy. He also did Halloween. Did you know that, honey? Oh, the door is shutting. Oh, nope. I hear the engine turning on. She's backing out of the driveway. Nope. I guess in my car. <laughs> yeah. Is that my car weaving? No, she must just be going to the store. I didn't she take you all the stuff sin out. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you a fun fact that you might not have known about. Oh, I love <laughs> That's Dean Cundy. Very good, Ghoul. Very good. <laughs> I'm smart. I know things. You're like the woman at the end of fucking, uh, what do you call it, man? You see, like, I can't even remember the name of it right now. That damn movie about fucking, you're, you were going to pick it for this week, but the, it was a lie. You know, the love story about the woman no. that forgets everything. Oh, but, the notebook. You know, yes, the notebook, that one. See, I forgot. Shuck a lot. <laughs> The notebook. Chocolate! <laughs> Jean-Claude Bacquiat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what I was going to pick for 
for this week. I don't know. Fucking out there. Remember the, the notebook. I, I, I know what I'm picking in two weeks from now. The team knows what I'm picking from two weeks from now. Monkey, I, I think, do. will enjoy it. King, I think, is going to hate it. That's all right, because you guys don't like anything that I pick anyway. So revenge to her, motherfuckers. I don't care. Talk about my name myself. Uh, all right, Dean, you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that should do it. Okay. So let's talk about a movie you're all going to fucking hate. <laughs> I like it, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about Murder Party from 2007, directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Um, it involves a lonely man named Chris who gets a random invitation to a Halloween party called the Murder Party. And when he arrives, he finds out that he's the guest of honor in his very own gut-wrenching murder by a bunch of fucking really just obscenely nerdy and just disgusting fucking art students. You know, if you've ever met art people, they're exactly like this. So <laughs> we will move on and we'll talk about all of them uh, in a little bit. But uh, I just wanted to pick something that was fucking Halloween kind of feeling because it does take place during Halloween. Um, and, you know, it's one of those movies that I kind of forgot about for a while, but then I was looking at, like, Halloween movies and things that you should be watching, and Murder Party came up, and I was like, yeah, I remember liking that. Oh, and look at that. Macon Blair's in this movie. He's doing the upcoming Toxic Avenger remake. So I was like, fuck it. Why not? Let's fucking talk about a guy that looks like Jeremy Gardner and acts like Jeremy Gardner, but isn't Jeremy Gardner uh, for my film pick, um, Murder Party from 2007. So moving on, uh, Ghoul, what do you think about Murder Party? Uh, you know, okay. So obviously, you know, like, like a lot of your picks, I have no idea what the fucking movie is at all. Uh, so Murder Party, I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be some slasher film that the, the king picked, probably from like 1980 something. And I love the slasher genre. So, so I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all into it, you know. And then, uh, but then, you know, the monkey said it was on Tubi and, and Pluto and all this and that. So I'm like, all right, let me finally like look this thing up. I did this yesterday, and because uh, I, I typically try to watch the movie the day before, not the day of. This way, I'm not like you know. Me too. Trying to watch the end. I try not to be watching the end of it while we're about to start the show. Um, so the, 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 the movie starts, and like I, I kind of like briefly read the synopsis, but again, for the most part, I always like to avoid anything that could possibly tip off what this movie is going to be about. So I kick the movie on, and my first like immediate thought is, is like, fuck. This is like one of these 1990s, like, made-for-fucking-cable flicks. And when they're horror movies, they're fucking terrible. You know, like, I'm thinking this is, like, Skinamax level, but it's going to be, like, really bad. So I stopped it real quick and backed out just to see what year the movie was made. And I was like, oh, okay, it's, two, it's like 2007 or whatever year it was. I was like, oh, all right, so this just means it's a lower-budget film. Fine, again, I'm, I'm all for it. Start it up. And, you know, so while this film kind of has like a little bit of like uh it's it's got the indie blues to start it off you know a little bit of a slow build mm -hmm. got a lot of meandering going on with the main character as we're you know quote unquote introduced to him and his life um without actually really getting any context or dialogue or anything like that other than him getting his shit set up and fucking getting you know stared down by his cat so he decides to go to this party instead uh once the film gets to the party and we start to interact with this this weird cast of people that you have no idea who they are, yet they all seem very familiar because they feel like they're other characters from other films. I really ended up finding myself kind of enjoying this film. It was like stupid and funny 
it didn't try to be too smart. And like, even in those moments where it tries to, to play with the, the artistic side of things, it feels like it's always tongue in cheek. Like they're making fun of the entire art scene and the horror genre in general. So, so you know what, King, thank you. I, I, in the end really did find this to be a fun little movie. All right. Very cool. All right. So Dean, what'd you think about murder party? Uh, this was my second time watching uh, Murder Party. There's a, a friend oh, of mine who, uh, who like, uh, mostly, it's been a while, but during COVID times, uh, you know, we would, like, be like, hey, let's watch something, and we would watch the same thing at the same time and then talk shit about it while we watched it. And uh, this is what we watched then, so when you when Fuck you, bro. You didn't do that, that with me. Oh, I've tried different <laughs> times, and then you're always like, oh, I can't do that today. Um, and, um, <laughs> I'm sure. And for sure, all the time, I'm like, oh, let's watch a movie and do like a special live episode. You're like, oh, I, I'm busy. Um, but anyway, uh, we, uh, we, so I watched Murder Party then and watched it again. And, um, yeah, uh, this being, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Jeremy Saunier film. Uh, I, you know, we have covered on here. Uh, green Room, uh, correct, yes, right? Yeah. We covered Green Room for the show. Yes, it may have even been mm-hmm. my pick. Um, but there's another film of his from 2013 uh, that I really, really like called Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. So, so I do like uh, some of his work. <laughs> I feel that um, Murder Party is so different in tone uh, than those other two films that I know of his that came after this, but it's still, it, it's still, a, it's still a fun Halloween-themed watch. Um, you know, like I feel like there was like like surprises and there were some things that happens that you don't necessarily expect uh, or don't see coming that kind of keep you guessing as it's going along. Um, but yeah, I mean, decent, you know, fun fun film. Okay, right. monkey, what do you think about Murder Party? Oh yeah, we're going to a murder party. We're going to a murder party. Yeah. But, uh, so, we have someone who gets invited to a mysterious party and bad things ensue. The premise of this movie is nothing new. We've seen it before. We're going to see it again. We've also seen it bigger and better in movies such as Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Hide and Seek, Clue, Happy Birthday to Me. Like, you know, talk about bad events going on. You can even talk about the dinner scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I don't know. It's just if you're going to go down this route using this really old idea, try bringing something new to it. It's like, I don't know, maybe a polished look to the film or bring in some solid character writing or here's an idea. It's supposed to be a comedy. How about actually make it funny? This movie didn't like this movie didn't do any of that to me. <laughs> Seriously, it's like it was trying so hard to make fun of like the, the New York art scene and modern New York artists, but like every time they mentioned an artist, it was always Pollock, like fucking Pollock, Pollock, Pollock. Like that's all they fucking talked about. Like I, I don't know if like you know they were doing it on purpose, like to you know make fun of the artists and their like lack of scope and vision, you know. But like you could have mentioned like. Warhol, Rosenquist, Dolly Escobar, or like, you know, my fucking favorite, Lichtenstein. Nope, just Pollock. <laughs> like, this film really could have been witty. Like, it could have been, 
like it could have been funny, like it could have been fucking polished. But like, yeah, th- this film, if it had been written better, could have <laughs> gone both really dark and very funny at the same time. But like, I just found this movie like lacking in pretty much everything it was trying to accomplish. Like, it, it yeah, like this, this it was just like a bad, bad failed attempt at what it was trying to do. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's fair. But I, I want to think that the whole thing. I mean, yeah, about ahead, the Paula thing. I thought it was because they're a bunch of fucking artistic douchebags that don't really know that there's other artists other than Pollock. That's why I think that's why they kept bringing it up because they're all about murder and they want to make it all splashy. So I took that as part of the script. Like, I didn't think they were just saying, well, Pollock, Pollock, because they don't like, I just feel like they they don't really know any other artists because they're not that fucking smart. They just think that they are. They think they're all fucking, you know, and, you know, just really fucking talented artists and shit like that. And, And, you know, so that's why I took it. I mean, it could be like what you had said, Monkey, where it's just like the director couldn't think of any other artist, so he's just like, ah, Paul. <laughs> I took it as, as that. And, and, I mean, I don't know if I would put Murder Party in the same categories as, like, Happy Birthday to Me or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I mean, they, they do have sequences with people around the table. <laughs> um, or other than that, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, but I get what you're, what you're saying um, about, like, no-budget movies and things like that, but so – but. Uh, you know, but anyway, so going on with the movie, uh, it opens in Halloween 2007 when a well-known man named Chris is walking home from work, stopping to take his medication before discovering a black envelope floating on the ground. He picks it up and opens it and discovers it's an invite to a murder party. Come alone. So Chris decides to make his way back to his apartment, only to find <laughs> his pumpkin has been smashed. And he heads inside, pouring himself a big old bowl of candy corn to eat while he watches one of the horror movies he rented on VHS because it's 2007, VHS tapes are still a thing, including DVDs. But he decides to watch it the old school way on VHS. But his plan is quickly thwarted by Sir Lancelot, his pet cat, that refuses to leave his chair that he's resting on. So what else am I going to do tonight? Can't watch movies. (laughs) Stand up to your fucking cat, you fucking loser. (laughs) You know, he could have kicked it off. He could have picked it up and moved it. But no, let Sir Lancelot lay. Uh, Knowing he won't be able to relax at home tonight for Halloween, Chris decides to look up the directions of the murder party and then print them out. And then he also decides to make a loaf of pumpkin bread with raisins from the smashed pumpkin on the stoop. Uh, Then he also constructs a nice costume. Raisins are a mistake. Agreed. Raisins are a mistake. Oh, no, in pumpkin see, bread. Oh, see, I love raisins Agreed. and pumpkin bread. So I mean, I can't eat pumpkin bread anymore. But yeah, I mean, I love fucking raisins and pumpkin bread. So I was right there with him, and he perfect. had an extra too. The perfect he accompaniment. Perfect and, I know he was. I'm saying the perfect, the perfect accompaniment to pumpkin bread is white chocolate chips in my. No, I'm not saying yeah. I mean, that would be fucking tits too. But if somebody hands me pumpkin bread, it's got raisins in, it, I'm gonna fucking eat it. I mean, I can't eat it anymore. But I'm not. When I could eat that type of shit. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll take your hat. Goes. Um, but so well, that's right down the street. I can't do that anymore either. But so, just like craft beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, craft beer in general. You know, pretty much it all tastes like an Indian pale ale. But uh, so, Chris decides to make the pumpkin bread, and while that's baking, he decides to use some of the cardboard left over in his apartment, and he makes himself a night costume. 
So he decides he's going to be this knight with a bunch of cardboard weapons and shit like that. But, um, and but he I find it funny because he, yeah. he has the box that says Halloween costume and pulls out this sweet-ass fucking ogre costume and shit. Like, you yeah. know, this super expensive, huge-ass latex mask. And then he's like, no. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Because he had to get rid of the cardboard somehow, so he's like, finally, I could figure out a way to get rid of all this cardboard. Make a costume! <laughs> you know, and make this really elaborate night costume out of all of his fucking cardboard. Um, so he leaves the bowl of candy corn outside for kids. Please take one, as you do. Bear candy corn. No. I mean, this is pre-COVID, yeah, so people do it. You never leave candy corn out. That's, that fucker, you never put... See, pisses me off right there. You never give out candy corn on Halloween. Blah. I would have taken the whole bowl. I love candy corn. So I once love again, candy corn too. So I, I, I'm so with good. you on that, King. And I'm a total, total mm-hmm. fan of the candy corn. Yeah. So sorry. And I and, and <laughs> you know, I don't <laughs> mind raisins in my pumpkin bread, nor do I mind white chocolate chips. So I can go with, uh, with either, either or. <laughs> yeah, the the goal and I are just fucking vibing on all fucking channels right now, so we get it. You know, we are pumpkin raisin, pumpkin white chocolate, and fucking candy corn boys. Um, so he decides to leave the bowl outside. Yeah, CC boys, nigga. <laughs> the CC boys come to town. <laughs> so he decides to take a very uncomfortable subway ride, and I love the fact that he's sitting there wide-eyed while this black guy's fucking rapping in his face. <laughs> He's like, oh, my stop. <laughs> that's, Listen, that's fucking New York for you, okay? So it like, is. You know, like, yep. you know, when the movie first starts, I'm like sitting there watching this, and I'm going to myself, man, like, where the fuck is this actually being filmed? Because it don't, it doesn't look like New York. It certainly doesn't look like New York in, like, you know, the, the year that it's being made. Was this actually made in New York, or, or is this being filmed elsewhere? As far as I know, it was shot in New York on a no budget, okay. meaning that they didn't have any fucking money to do this. So yeah, they pretty okay, much just so shot where they could. So we're looking at like the basic subway systems and where whatever open fucking open spaces and like and, and like repair places that yeah. were going on at the time. Gotcha. Okay, so so like, mm-hmm. so like yeah, this this definitely it was shot in Brooklyn. Point, okay, well, there you which, go. Brooklyn. Which makes more sense. Um, yeah, this definitely felt like New York, you know, because there, there's nowhere. You know, obviously, listen, any big city with any kind of, like, subway system, all this and that, you can always have that that random encounter. But I don't know. It just, it, it just feels like it just, it's not the kind something of thing Something special about New York. There's <laughs> just something special about the fucking level of weirdness and just oddity <laughs> that occurs in New York. Because it could go, like, one of really two ways. Either, you know, you'll, you'll see something so random from somebody that's fucking uber-talented, and you sit there and you wonder to yourself, like, wow, like, how the fuck is it that you're just sitting there doing this on the subway, you know? Or no, you're sitting there praying to yourself, like, man, I really hope this fucker doesn't pull something out and try to stab me right now. <laughs> and his expression said everything that you needed to know. Just that wide-eyed fucking, oh, my God, I'm going to piss myself because this guy's rapping right in my face. I need my stop to happen right now. And, of course, he does get off, and then he ends up in, like, the industrial area of New York where it's all fucking warehouses and shit like that. And he even gets more scared yeah, and has to fucking make a beeline for the party's going to be. Yeah, yep. And it could be. Um, so he finally makes it to the warehouse where the murder party is. Um, so a few people are scattered about, hanging around in their costumes when they notice Chris. He shows them the invitation, thinking he's in the wrong spot, but a young woman jumps out from behind him and quickly slides the door shut. 
He's told he's at the right place as one of the guests lights the invitation on fire to distract Chris, while another guest picks up an axe ready to kill him until the axe head gets <laughs> caught in the pole chain of the light, and he's like, fucking get him! And they fucking just have to dogpile on him. He's like, wait, wait, wait! And they're like, no, no, fuck, get him, tie him up! You know, fucking poor guy couldn't get the fucking axe up the fucking pole chain. I cracked up at that. <laughs> he was so poised. And fucking bury that axe in his head, but he couldn't quite do it. Um, and they're, they're all wearing different costumes. One of them is from the Warriors. There's um, uh, Paul is dressed as a Victorian-era uh, vampire. And then um, Lexi is dressed up as somebody from Blade Runner, apparently. Like, I've never yep. seen it, but apparently she is. So, you know, I was like, what you get like, for not watching Blade Runner, King? <laughs> but she also <laughs> looks like <laughs> Ali Sheedy. In like a weird sort a of way, bit. like yeah. I almost was, yeah, she I was does. expecting her to do the fucking, you know, the little dust flakes coming from her hair on like a piece of paper somewhere, <laughs> and then she just sniffed it because it was cocaine. Uh, you know, like, yeah, like you said, there were, there were other things going on with the costumes, too. Even when he was walking, we saw some droogs walking around in the background. Yes, you know, yep. like, there, there were these, like, little things going on that, like, you know, like, they kept, like, catching my attention real quick and kind of told me at least something was going on in the director's thought process as far as, like where he wants to take us with this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I agree and with you. Making, I, was, I was getting yeah. some he- heavy LSD vibes too off of her, like the way she was acting, the way she was moving, you know, and all yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely apt. And then Macon, of course, he is dressed up as a werewolf. Like he has his mask and he has his hoodie and everything like that. Very basic one. Um, and Bill is the uh, one of the sluggers from uh, The Warriors. Uh, and I love mm-hmm. his character. We'll get into his character a little later. But um, we cut the Chris tied up in a chair while Tony gets Lexi to uses her cell phone. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the same thing the entire time. Dude, I had that so, shit, man. Yeah. You know, and like I think I owned all of like oh, yeah. two games for it because the fucking the 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 I forget what they were called, but like the game cartridges, which were really just mini discs in a plastic cartridge, mm-hmm. they were almost as expensive as like any basic fucking PS2 game at the time. So it was like, oh yeah, I don't know for which... what was what was uh, a the, the PSP. Uh, it was the PlayStation Portable. Uh, and, right. and it was like you, you had like PlayStation, and I get it, it was PlayStation 1 level graphics, maybe a little bit better in a handheld device. But again, it was like the, the, the Game Boy was ruling the fucking world with Pokemon at this time. And PlayStation is like, yep. hey, look what we've got. And everybody was like, okay, like I'm one of the suckers that ended up fucking buying it too, like a moron. Plus you, had the, plus you had the tiny uh, movies on the disc too. They were called, I think they were UMDs. They were like universal yes. media discs or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yes, there were, you could yes, also right. get movies, yeah. but that's all you needed. It's bad enough fucking having a DVD collection. Now you also have a collection of like <laughs> tiny little mini fucking DVDs that you could only watch on this portable fucking device. Too much. Too <laughs> you much. bought it. <laughs> so... Well, yeah, but so, no, yeah, almost no, um, I didn't buy any movies for it because almost no studio supported it. You had like a handful of Sony movies that came out with it, and like that was it because Sony was going to back their product, and everybody else was like, yeah, people don't buy handheld devices to watch your fucking movies, you know? Because again, they didn't realize yet that the world was going to move to streaming the way it did. And now we see that a lot of people use a handheld device to watch movies, except they don't have to fucking have a disc or some kind of media to put into it. Absolutely. Um, so 
Paul is Fantastic setting up a camera. He's also one of the party guests. And Sky, one of the other party guests, suggested they bail and go to Cicero's party. But the idea is shot down by uh, Macon. And that's when Lexi announces that Alexander is on his way. So Sky can't believe somebody would be stupid enough to respond to their invite anyway, but it's okay. Chris is perfect. He's a white man, not a Republican. And that's when Paul's like, well, don't make this fucking political because we're making art here. So apparently this guy, Alexander, <laughs> that's coming over is going to potentially offer one of them an art grant of $300,000. So everything kind of has to be perfect for this murder. Um, <clears throat> Sky continues to be the only one that wants to bail. Everyone else wants to wait for Alexander, except for Bill, because he just is undecided about the whole thing. He doesn't really give a fuck. He's like, if I stay, if I go, I don't care. I have PSP. So that's when Sky decides to take the pumpkin bread that Chris brought us a fucking gift. I love the fact that he brought it as a gift for the party. <laughs> Not beer. Nope. How just fucking polite. pumpkin bread with raisins. <laughs> so he brings it, yeah, and Sky, st- Sky starts to eat the bread. However, with the raisins being in there, she's allergic uh, to it. And as soon as she goes to sit down in the cardboard box placed on the floor by Macon, she falls and smashes her head open on one of the weapons on the floor. She sits up as we see her bleeding from the wound in her head, and she is dead. So Paul blames Chris immediately for her death, and Macon freaks out, shouting that he's going to kill him right now. I'm going to fucking kill him right now. Jesus Christ, I'm going to fucking kill you. And he grabs a fucking bottle that's supposedly acidic acid and drops it all over him. And then he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God, dude, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, <laughs> this is changing fucking so fast. And, it's like, and then they, Lexi picks up the bottle, and she's like, well, it smells like vinegar. I'm going to go check it out on the Internet. And that's when Macon starts immediately drinking. Um, but Paul tells him no alcohol until the deed is done, to which Macon declares it is done. also mentions that there's fucking piles of cocaine everywhere. And Lexi's like, yeah, but that helps me enhance my powers. All right. It's and not and like you also boots. said no weed as Bill lights up a bunch of joint. Yep, immediately. So Lexi's phone rings and it's Alexander. She screams and drops her phone because he's arrived. And they have to hide Sky's body so fast so they don't look like a bunch of dildos. So they have to figure out a place to put her so they'll throw her in the fucking freezer. And hopefully nobody will notice. And that's when Alexander arrives with his associate Zyko and his dog Hellhammer. He was dressed up like a little skeleton, a little adorable fucking hellhammer. <laughs> so Alexander <laughs> sees Paul dressed up like the vampire, and he's like, hey, I'm a vampire too, but you're dressed better than I am. So fucking take off your fangs, your coat, your shirt, your fucking pants. Like, just take it off, shit out of fucking beef. Paul. <laughs> and Paul does exactly that. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, okay, I'll take it all off. <laughs> you know, whatever, because he wants to oh. get that fucking grant money. No, no. See, I, I, I disagree completely. I feel like Paul is completely one hundred percent taken aback by it at first, and he's embarrassed mm. about this whole thing because he's also feeling like we already see the little inklings of suspicion through this character towards Alexander. He thinks Alexander is full of shit. Just because, just like each one of them, all think that they're all better artists than one another, and we're gonna see that play out oh, yeah. a little bit later. But like, yeah, the way he's reacting and like he's kind of disbelieving that, like, you know, do I really need to do this? And then his fucking buddy pulls out a gun. So now, of course, yeah, he's gonna start stripping down and shit because he doesn't know what this fucking guy is gonna do. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. I didn't think of it that way, but you know, that's a way to read. And you're probably right more than I am. I uh, just took it as like, you know, maybe he's in it, maybe he wasn't. But um, Alexander has Zyko retrieve Chris's wallet, uh, wallet to find out who he is. The group then give their pitches on how to commit the perfect murder. 
uh, like Lexi with her video installation or Macon with maybe I'm just going to push a fucking pancake into his face and then throw him in front of the G train. So not a great idea, you know, but it, it's making thinking while he walks. Uh, Paul is told to Alexander and told to relax. Paul, you're the front runner for this grant. You have nothing to worry about. And then Alexander's like, so, Bill, what's your idea? I don't know. Just thinking about cutting Chris's dick off and setting him on fire. It's like, interesting. I like how you think. Very, Very violent. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Well, it's those damn yeah, video games, so you know? Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to blame it on the video game. If he didn't play video games, he wouldn't have those violent thoughts. I just thought, <laughs> yeah, I'm playing this video game where I cut people's dicks off and set them on fire. It's called Dick Fire. <laughs> you know, it's on the PSP. Um, it's an exclusive. But so Alexander sits down and gives the group a. <laughs> so, Alexander talks to the whole group, giving them an inspirational type pep talk, telling them to think of Chris, the dildo, as a collaborator and not a victim. He also decides that they'll have to wait until the witching hour, and they're all going to take turns stabbing him until he's dead. They all seem to be pretty cool with this plan at this point. Like, they're just going to abandon all of their projects and just go with this one at the witching hour. So Macon decides he needs to eat for the witching hour. So he goes out to get pizza and cake, as per Alex's instruction, because the cake is going to be for Chris, because he's going to be well, the, first, you know, the collaborator. We've got to remember first, we do, we do have an entire, of course, typical – Hey, let's let's go over all our possible available options of eating, which goes from anything from Chinese to Thai to sushi. <laughs> yeah. But then you know, certain people don't like sushi. Certain people are allergic to shit, and and so forth and so forth. You know, we we have to try to get that. And this is where like some of it does get a little bit bothersome at times. It's almost like we have mm-hmm. to try to get this like Kevin Smith esque type of snappy smart dialogue and he never hits that Mm -hmm. you know like it's never intelligent enough to kind of be like to make you feel more thoughtful than it is you know and it wasn't a funny like this should have really been a a funnier scene than it was either it could have been played off almost like a who's on first type of of back and forth between these characters for what we're going to eat but it never reaches that height either no, and I completely agree with that. Like, I felt like it could have been a lot shorter, you know, but they, of course, have to decide. So, you know, uh, Macon's going to go out and get the pizza and get the cake. Meanwhile, Chris takes his time to get himself free of his restraints and runs off into the warehouse. The group chases after him until Chris <laughs> runs into a closet and locks the door behind him, quickly looking for anything that he could be using as a weapon. That's when the door to the closet opens, and Chris emerges with a handful of shit in his arms yeah. And instead of using any of it, he just throws it on the floor and then goes, look at me, and fucking runs away. Like, it was just the fucking greatest dash away. Like, you never just throwing all this junk on the floor and then fucking going for it. I was like, that, that's the natural reaction. Like, I think any of us probably would have done this. Fucking throw this shit on the floor and run. But he gets maybe a foot, and then he's trapped and wrapped up in chains. Um, and that's when Paul later gets frustrated while he's attempting to set up a shot with his camera, and neither Bill or Zyko want to help him. So Paul is going to call his assistant to come help him out with the shots that he needs. We also see Macon returning with the pizza while in the background, Lexi and Alexander are getting it on. And that's when they emerge and Lexi's just getting her clothes together. So is Alexander. And that's when Alexander tells Macon that Lexi's pussy screamed at him, which seems to upset Macon, maybe like he has a crush on her. So he just fucking tosses the pizza boxes on the floor and then just goes to drink. Here's your fucking pizza. <laughs> right on the fucking floor. And none of the boxes pop open. They all stay closed, which I was like, that's impressive. Because if I did that, it would be all over the floor. Like, there would be no pizza left for anybody to eat. 
No pizza for you. No, no pizza. not if you're going to drop it. pumpkin bread that has raisins. I would rather eat that because okay. it's fucking tasty as shit. And, and you can <laughs> have it with your pumpkin beer that you love so much. Ooh, that would be really good. Ooh, I could dip Delicious it in Delicious way to beer. wash it down. Like, like a little dunker? Oh, yeah, that would be fucking great. <laughs> I'm all for that. Um, so Alexander <laughs> then decides to play Extreme Truth or Dare with the group using uh, sodium amytal truth serum. So they all shoot up the serum except for Alexander, who injects it into a slice of pizza. They all seem to get a little goofy off the drug as Chris starts smacking his legs together to get their attention. He has a fucking pun that he wants to tell all of them, but he's like, no, fuck it. It's not even that great. <laughs> you guys are all fucking having a great time. I, I just, I don't have anything good. <laughs> he ends up getting a jacked up shot of serum as well. That's when the group starts to reveal secrets, like Paul being bisexual and how Macon saved a popsicle stick Lexi had one night after the two were together, watching water towers being detonated. And he's like, hey, you, you remember that night? And she's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know. And he's like, oh, well, I saved the popsicle stick. I was like, see, that's a, that's a fucking Andy move right there. Like, no, remember that time where the guy, I saved Whoa. it. And she's like, no. so? What's fucking what, creepy, what, little asshole. She, she remembers the night when he brings up the two dudes that ran a train on her. Then she remembers that <laughs> yeah. night. She goes, "Oh, water tower." So, so that 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 was fun. And yes, you know, you obviously see that this making character has one of those like, you know, it's a it's, it's a puppy dog forever crush on this on this girl who. Oh yeah. Has got better things to do because she's busy fucking everybody else, including Alexander. But but this scene is like one of those scenes where they really tripped up though is because once they inject the serum and stuff like that we're wasting time of them literally just sitting there looking around not saying anything it's like this is where we could have had like some major major interactions going on actually learn some of the characters who they are all that kind of stuff and they tripped they just sit there and sat around and didn't say anything you're playing truth or dare and no one was actually asking any questions. Like, for good well, fortune, no, they were like, no, just, they, they, they were just burning tape. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just seemed like but they were high, you know. Yeah. And I do see that as well. But here's how I kind of took that sequence as well, though, Monkey. I think it goes to show that all of these characters are full of shit which is why none of them actually mm-hmm. yeah. wanted to play the game. None of them wanted to speak. Because if any of them actually 100%. had to tell the truth, what we end up getting revealed is that all of them are not who they were all pretending to be anyway. So just like Halloween, these are all just their, their costumes in every way. Yeah. That's, yeah, 100%. Very um, and also during this, Bill finds out that they're kicking him out of the, the collective deep. because he's just too talented and then we also find out baby. apparently Zyko's a bit of a racist. And Bill says, uh, <laughs> I also hate white people. I fucking love his life. He's like, I fucking hate white people. <laughs> uh, Bill, I love you. You're so great. Just so Because like, I feel like he would have said that whether he was fucking high on sodium amytal or not. He was like, I fucking hate white people. Just want to go back to my PSP. Um, and then Chris decides to take this time to mention he shit himself in an elevator at a wedding. Uh, and then he also works at a parking authority before he passes out, which allows the group to do coke and party. And also we get to see Paul and Alexander fucking. 
in the same place where Alexi fucked Alexander. So he fucking Alexander's getting around tonight. His dick is fucking getting worked well, out. He gives <laughs> he gives Paul that look, you know, and Paul we, we know now is a bisexual <laughs> yeah. and, and obviously Alexander just wants to stick it in whatever fucking hole comes by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like fucking And he's just happy to do it. He's like Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking a <laughs> He does give him that, because you can see Alexander, like, with Lexi, like, hanging on him and dancing on him. He's just like, I'm bored. And then he looks over at fucking Paul, and Paul's like, hi. Give him that nice fucking smile. Next thing you know, he's fucking getting railed in the ass by Alexander. And it's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, he got it perfectly. It was just great. He was taking it in the pussy, man. Yeah, he was taking it right (laughs) up the poop shoe, dude. Stupid word. Making the size to get You don't like the the butt pussy, bro? Butt pussy? Bussy? It's a bussy. You don't like the bussy? Hey, stupid word. He doesn't like the bussy. He doesn't like the bussy, man. I don't know. Not all of us are you know, not like the, the bussy. Well, the that's because Dean still prefers the term boofing. He, he prefers the 80 term. <laughs> so you, you can boof things in your bussy. Yeah. Your bussy can take a lot of boofing. Just to let you know. So, I mean, there's this ways. So boost the hell out of that pussy. <laughs> you really can. It, it's a pussy worth boofing. I mean, whether you want the pussy or you want the, the bussy. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like a Tuesday night and you just feel like the bussy. Sometimes you feel like flipping it around and getting the pussy. You know, it's, just, it's a matter of preference. You know, it's just a matter of what night it is and what you feel like doing. So anyway, uh, during this whole party, Macon also decides to get so fucked up that he pours booze all over himself before passing out on the floor with his pants halfway down. Uh, Bill has been sent out well, to check us, on Hellhammer. <laughs> we have all been there. <laughs> <laughs> right in the bush. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, not so, me. So definitely you've not, never, not, you've not never passed ever. out from drinking. Oh, you've never passed out no. from drinking. Oh, his ass up. No, oh, he protects definitely it. Definitely not. The story is like the back against the wall. Yeah, the story, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Bill goes outside to check on I think King is. I think King is probably. I think King is probably the only one who has ever passed out out of all of us. Uh, well, I, I can tell you right now that is definitely not fact because just like the dean said about me, I have seen the king unconscious after a night of drinking with his ass up in the air and his crack hanging out of his fucking tiny whiteies. I was yeah, I was just in a pair of boxers when he saw me like that. So yeah, I definitely I pass out when I'm ready. I mean, I don't just fall on the ground and pass out, but I do pass out eventually. You know, whether or not I'm going to wake up in a puddle of vomit is up to you know subjection because I've done that too. So. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Um, so anyway, uh, Bill goes outside to check on Hellhammer, and then he fucking tells him that he hates him, and then he likes to kill fuzzy ones. I mean, I fucking hate you, Hellhammer. <laughs> fucking hate you. I fucking kill the fuzzy ones. So when he comes back inside, he sees Lexi, Paul, and Alexander making fun of the art he's painting. And I, just, I love the fucking fact that they're just like, oh, it's so fucking amateur. It fucking sucks. <laughs> It reminds me of the Family Guy episode where Stewie gives his drawing to Peter and Lois, and he's like, oh, my God, I did this for you. And as soon as he walks out of the kitchen, they're like, let's spit on it. This sucks. Oh, so, like, you can't even fucking draw. Like, and then you just see him getting fucking angry, like, curling his fists. And I was like, that's exactly how Bill is right now. He's so fucking mad that they're fucking shitting on his stuff. So 
Alexander decides that he wants some crank, and Zyko's like, well, I can get you some crank. I'll be right back. And so to stall the group, he decides to recite Poe's The Raven in its fucking entirety. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking long. I was like, yeah, that's the perfect one to pick. <laughs> the Raven's a fucking long fucking story. So as he's talking about rapping on the door, all of a sudden there is a knock on the door, and it's Paul's photography assistant who he had called earlier. As she sets up, Macon wakes up from his fucking stupor and decides to head outside to go smoke. He puts on his mask, and as he lights up his cigarette, he immediately catches fire, which Chris only sees happen. <laughs> Everybody else is so fucking distracted. So you can see the flames. Right, I liked up where you just see this big pile of, you just see this big, you know, <laughs> flames just go outside the window. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like that happened, and I went, oh shit! That must, like out loud too, because I think I was sitting in here. I might even sit by myself. No, no, one of the kids might have been in the room. I'm like, oh fuck! That dude just lit himself up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's fucking like screaming and, the entire time, and nobody that's hears me it. Me so. in front of a furnace um, on certain fucking days, man. You know, like that shit will happen real quick. If the oh. gas valve doesn't ignite right away, that shit puffs out like that, and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> So uh, Paul presses Alexander about the grant money, but Alexander tries to play it off. Um, and then he tells Lexi to go check on Hellhammer. So when she goes outside to check on him, she discovers that Macon's very much on fire and screaming to be saved. So she has to rush in. She asks the assistant to help her, so they grab a bunch of fire extinguishers to put him out. Luckily, they manage to do that. And Paul, at this time, figures out that Alexander is a fraud. So Hellhammer points to the freezer that Sky's body's in as Alexander discovers her. And that's when Paul comes up and injects him with the truth serum. And Alexander reveals that he's a fraud, and he planned on killing them all and selling their art after they're dead because art's more expensive after you're dead. It's worth a lot more. And also, his fucking name is Tim, and he's going to put Hellhammer to sleep on Monday because he likes puppies, man. And Hellhammer's too fucking old. And I was like, oh, don't do that to fucking Hellhammer. He's fucking adorable. <laughs> and he, and he's, he's a fry cook. Don't forget, he's a fry cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, he's also a fry cook. Um, so Zyko returns with the crank, and Tim tells him to shoot Paul in the face. So he's like, yeah, okay, no problem. And he shoots fucking Paul in the head. Paul doesn't notice no because he thought his shot got fucking, you know, messed up. Tim tells Zyko to kill them all as he shoots Paul's assistant dead and finally kills Paul, who's just like, what the fuck, man? And he fucking takes a bunch of shots to the chest before he's finally dead. And that's when we also see that Hellhammer has taken the bag of crank that's on the floor and starts immediately eating it, just chowing down <laughs> this fucking bag of crank. So that's awesome. Uh, Lexi tries to fight Zyko, and Macon, who was dragged back inside after the fire being put out, removes his fucking mask to reveal that it's partially melted to his fucking face. So his skull oh, no. is exposed. He's horribly fucking burned. And you see the snout of the fucking mask is, like, attached to him. Like, well, it, was, it was great makeup for a fucking no-budget movie. more of a wolf look now, too. He looks like a real werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like. And the fact that he can't really talk. You know, werewolf uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but for, like, a no-budget movie, it was a great effect. Um so, yes, yeah, Hammer continues to eat the bag of crank uh, as Macon tries to plug in his chainsaw old painless uh, that only works when you plug it in. He manages to saw in the Zyko's leg, which kills him as Macon passes out. Alexander leaves as a growling hellhammer chases after him. Lexi tries to free Chris from his bind, but gets an axe to the head from Bill, who screams, everybody dies. And I was like, oh, shit, Bill snapped. 
Bill's gone, everybody. <laughs> He's officially on the psycho spree. Um, Hellhammer comes running back into the room as Tim crawls in behind him with his lips ripped off. And that's when Bill grabs yeah. a bat and beats him to death with it. And I was like, yep, yep, we're on the path. Bill, Bill is on the psychopath. So Chris <laughs> manages to get free and run away. Macon wakes up and sees Lexi's been killed, so he decides he needs to get vengeance for this as Chris manages to escape the warehouse as Bill chases after him. I love the fact that he goes up the little fucking, you know, conveyor belt, and he's like, I know exactly how to stop Bill. I'll put it in fucking reverse. So he can't climb up the fucking <laughs> conveyor belt. <laughs> I think Chris is just fucking running as fast as he can, gets outside, and then decides to take a piss break. <laughs> One second. <laughs> and he's we've all, we've all been there. Up. You know, <laughs> when you got to go, you you're still go. fucking pissing bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he tries to shake it off real quick when he sees Bill and he's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Come on, come on, come on. We're done, we're done, we're done. You got to go, got to go. So Chris is spotted by Bill. He begins to run as we see him making in the chase, holding his chainsaw. That only works when he's plugged in, but he's still fucking carrying the fucking cord and everything. Uh, Chris ends up at Cicero's party and demands that someone call 911. Chris navigates through this ongoing party with Bill close behind, but he decides to stop for a pink panty dropper drink along the way. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck it. Get it. I'm, I'm going to kill this fucking guy anyway, so I might as well stop for a fucking drink. <laughs> as Chris is panicking, trying to find a way to get away. Um, after getting his drink, Bill resumes his chase of Chris, who manages to find himself in Cicero's Halloween art installation, which just includes a lot of exposed titties, which I was like, thank you. I love fucking art. Like, this is fucking... This, <laughs> Kid old biggies, like, you know, just painted titties everywhere. I, was like, <laughs> I don't understand it, but I like it. <laughs> you know? It's the type of art that I like. <laughs> you may not know art, but you know what you like. <laughs> That's goddamn right. And I like boobies. So if there's boobies in your art, I'm going to love it. You're like fucking Forrest Gump, you know? I may not know what love is. But I know, I like but I know what boobies are. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, poor Forrest Gump. I mean, the first time that Jenny had sex with him, first of all, he must have been traumatized a little bit during because he doesn't know what sex is. And second of all, how did he not get literally every STD in the world? Because Jenny must have had every single one. Like, ones that don't even have names yet, she got. And for some reason, <laughs> Forrest Gump, fucking clean as a whistle. Doesn't even fucking leak when he takes a piss. Like, guy <laughs> fucking yeah, a miracle. Like... Not, not even yeah. a taste of dysentery. <laughs> not even like a fucking fever. Not even like, why does it burn when I pee? Like, that would have been a great fucking thing. Jen A, why does it burn when I pee? Oh, Forrest, I don't know. I mean, it, it just means that you're getting older. Okay, Jen A. Like, fucking, Forrest, you have an STD. What's that? Well, you had sex with somebody that has a sexually transmitted disease. Well, that can't be Jenny. It can't be my Jenny. She only had sex with me. No, she had sex with a lot of people. Like every, every fucking guy you could possibly think of, including the entire Black Panther Party in Washington, D.C., every single one. Wow. I can't believe I went to that Black Panther Party. Yeah, you did. She was getting railed right in the back. You thought she was just hanging out, right? <laughs> Somebody was running a whole train on her that night. No, Jenny, no. no. See, it would have been a whole better movie. I could write a better Forrest Gump movie <laughs> where he's just completely traumatized after finding out exactly what she did. Like, you did coke and you listened to Freebird and then you stepped on the balcony and you were going to jump? Jenny, why? <laughs> oh, Forrest, it was a different time. It was three years ago. 
<laughs> so anyway, Bill runs into Cicero, who talks to him about how Alexander promised him grant money as well. Cicero then leaves to get him a drink, and Bill vows to kill everyone. He finds the art installation room where Chris is hiding and begins killing everyone with his axe. Cicero hears the commotion. And he's like, oh, shit, this show is starting without me. So he has all the doors open to the people so they can check it out. Meanwhile, Macon has arrived at the party, finding a way to plug in his chainsaw, and he ends up knocking himself off the roof, killing himself. With little old painless hanging from the open window, which gives a chance for Chris to grab it and burying the blade into Bill's face, killing him at the same fucking time. <laughs> but at the, but at the same him. time, I was laughing my ass off about this scene because, like, Ghoul, Dean, I don't know if you guys have ever had to, like, use these, like, for, you know, just working around, cutting up logs and shit like that. Those fucking plug-in chainsaws suck. They, they don't get any action, any grip, nothing. So I was just laughing when he was just struggling so hard to try and cut through this guy's <laughs> just, just, just his face, and it was like hardly doing anything. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I, that is yeah. one, it's one of the power tools that was here when I moved into this house, and we've got a lot of trees. So <laughs> I, I'll be honest, it's it's actually – it works better than I expected, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it works well. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, you can take that for, for, for whatever that fucking means. Um, but yeah, it's this doesn't do the trick yeah. when, I, when, when I need shit to get cut. Yeah, it does. But you know what? I also just as often bring out my Sawzall and just go that route too. Yeah, sometimes you can just use Sawzall. I mean, I prefer the gas-powered chainsaws to the, the electric ones, but I've used an electric one, too, and it fucking takes forever. Like, I remember helping my Love dad cut down the tree when something good. <laughs> Yo, man, I wish I had that one. <clears throat> but, no, my, my dad has a Black & Decker one that's really nice. But uh, So Chris takes the jack-o'-lantern and puts it over Bill's head, saying that he just wanted a party. That's all he wanted to do, and instead he's fucking covered in blood and he's killed people. So a member of Cicero's man. party is told by – so one of the, the security guys uh, Chris runs into – he tells the security guy all of it's real, all of it. As the party goes going, they're like, oh, look at this. Wow, this is, this is art, just great set pieces, even though there's fucking blood everywhere and dismembered body parts. They're like, wow, this is really fucking intense. What a great party, guys. Like, see, I would have been like, wow, this is fucking Ed Gein's fucking dream. Like, Ed Gein's wet dream is right here in this fucking room, just body parts everywhere, and fucking it's being called art. That's why Ed Gein was misunderstood. If he had lived in this generation, he would have been called a fucking fantastic artist. Been like, so why does it feel like copper? <laughs> <laughs> That's because of the blood. <laughs> oh, and you fucking artist. Yeah, I like to use the blood as paint. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> you like the body parts all around the room? No, Ed, we don't. Happy Halloween. Oh, like you kill people. So, anyway, uh, we see Chris walking home at daylight, covered in blood as his watch alarm goes off. So he could take his anti-anxiety pills, which he fucking throws away. Don't need these anymore after the night I had. So he returns home to find the bowl of candy corn nearly empty. And as he makes his way inside his apartment, he sloppily drinks some milk and manages to get Sir Lancelot to move from the couch so he could finally sit down and watch some TV as we close Murder Party, the movie. So that is Murder Party, um, a, a no-budget type movie. Um, just a lot of fun, and definitely it's one of those movies where if you're looking for something that takes place around Halloween, you know, and it's like an hour and 18 minutes, it's a fucking quick movie. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's worth checking out, but 
Next week, uh, it is the Mad Monkeys uh, film pick of the week. So uh, what are we talking about next week? Yeah, tell us. Yeah, so uh, so next week we're going on a road trip. Halloween is almost upon us, so I think we should have – No, we're going on a road trip. Jeez. All right. But on a famous rock show, a little bit of pampering. So before the holiday shit kicks in, I got us covered, lads. I booked us a stay at this awesome spot. It has a pool with a poolside DJ. It has jacuzzi. It has a huge buffet that the dean will not have to do any prep work for. There's going to be dance parties, massages, and huge, huge rooms. There's just one little catch. (laughs) There's just one little catch. We might possibly need to be monsters to stay at Hotel Transylvania, King! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. You know what? That's fine, because you fucking shit all over my movie tonight. (laughs) Wait until next week. (laughs) Oh. Is that like a fucking animated movie or something? Oh, yeah. Is it worth for it, buddy? Oh, you're going to love it. He doesn't know. Why is it so long? It's an hour and a half? Like, that's fucking so long for an animated movie. No. Okay. Uh, Hotel Transylvania it is. Uh, (laughs) Boy. Boy, oh boy. Where do I begin? I don't know. We'll find out. I'm definitely watching this movie tomorrow to get it over with. So, all right. Hotel Transylvania. Uh, directed by Dracula, I guess. I don't know who directed it, but somebody did. Somebody uh, fucking responsible for this fucking movie. Dracula. Oh my How do you know God, that you're not going to like it? Because it's Adam Sandler. I fucking hate it already. I just found out that Adam Sandler's in it. I fucking, I'm, we might as well just watch Hubie Halloween at this point. Fucking, God damn. Fucking Adam Sandler. And Kevin James, like, this is, oh, God damn it. This fucking movie. Oh, boy. All right. So this is going to be a fucking, oh, David Spade. It just keeps getting fucking better. David Spade. All right. Yeah, great. All right. Who else is in this fucking cast? Oh, my fucking God. Uh, okay. And stop looking at the cast. Dracula. Just, just watch the movie. No, because I want to know how many fucking ads. No, I want to hear. I want to hear all of this. I want to hear all of this complaining. This is what I live for. I just, I don't, I. It's a fucking animated movie that's, like, way too fucking long, and Adam Sandler's in it, and he's going to fucking do, like, his stupid voice. Oh, Andy Sa- Selena Gomez, Sadie Sandler. Oh, Steve Buscemi's in it, so Steve Buscemi is the one fucking shining grace. And he plays a character named Wayne, so you know he's not going to be in the movie long because he doesn't have a fucking creepy name, like uh, Frankenstein and Count Dracula. And Mavis Dracula. Fucking Mavis Dracula. Wow, that's fun. That's delightful. <laughs> wow, fun for the whole goddamn family. Mavis from Transylvania. Is it Transylvania, Alabama? God damn. Well, great. <laughs> wonderful. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Hotel. Goddamn Transylvania. And there was more than one of them? Oh my God! People kept coming back <laughs> for this fucking movie. Listen, just, just oh just, man, should I? Pick why is there four of them? Why is there four? Listen, just be happy it wasn't me because you know I would have made you start with the third movie. <laughs> yeah, why there's so many? 
Why couldn't he just stop after one? Why did it? Oh my God! A hotel Transylvania so three. Awesome. This summer vacation. Oh, wonderful! They go on fucking summer vacation in the third one. Great, uh, you know. Oh, wow! And Hotel Transylvania two back for more. Oh God! It's just. Oh, and there's a Kraken in that one. Oh God! I I can't. I can't. So yeah, next week. Uh, <laughs> oh, you I, are. You are. Uh, you are. How's yeah. that feel? You are. Oh my God! I'm gonna have to do fucking yes, notes on this. Oh, oh boy! I, you know, there's a lot of things I can. Narration's gonna be a little bit weird, guys. Just telling you. And I don't drink anymore, so it's gonna be hard for me to get through this one. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, stay how tuned great would it be if the to... king actually watches it and likes it? That's never gonna happen. No, you fucking show me Adam Sandler's name and anything. I don't care fucking how great the rest of the cast is. I'm gonna fucking hate it. Because I don't like Adam Sandler. He's a fucking sore on the taint of America. I don't like him. Never have, never will. God, why do people keep giving I mean, him fucking money? I mean, is it because he's Jewish? Are you an anti-Semite? No, it's oh. because he's fucking Adam Sandler, and he doesn't know how to fake a. He doesn't know how to make a good movie where he doesn't act like a so fucking he, dickhole. He's not fucking Adam movie. Sandler. He is Adam Sandler. No, he's fucking Adam Sandler because he just fucking gets money from Netflix to make these bullshit movies that he just makes 80,000 of them up. Oh, no, like this, no, no, this was, this was not a Netflix movie. This, like, went to theaters and stuff like that, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, it's yeah, like, huge, huge hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a huge hit to the fucking back of my head when I fucking need a bullet. Oh, God. It's a little extreme. It's like, it's just like it's so. And then fucking Kevin James in it too, and he's fucking another abysmal fucking cancer on the world in comedy. Ugh, God, I'm sorry, monkey. I picked murder party. Okay, like I'm sorry, you know. But oh, anyway, we're running out of time. Thank you uh, so much for joining us, Dean, tonight. We'll see you back here next week for Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to hear you talk about it. And I think I know what my next pick is going to be. Pretty sure what my next pick is now. I don't say blah, blah, blah. Is that better not be fucking dialogue in the movie? I swear to God, I'm dialogue in the movie. I'm fucking, I'm walking out of my fucking apartment and into traffic. If that happens, if they fucking say that in the movie, I'm going to go sit in fucking traffic. I I'm feel just like put my our head conversation down from, like, the very moment we started talking tonight, King, has gone in, like, full circle. <laughs> it really has. Uh, like, if I wasn't depressed before I joined the show, I'm definitely going to be next week. But anyway, hey, Mucky, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off before we get into the fucking epic how, uh, Hotel Transylvania. Almost a goddamn I'm telling you to go fuck yourself for your pick next week, Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for, listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to tonight's episode and letting us come in your ear. Looking forward to all seeing you all next week for Hotel Transylvania. Good night, everybody. Mwah. <laughs> all right. You go ahead and sign yourself on, cool. Oh, what? The Dean doesn't get to say goodnight first? He's fucking kicking me off first now? Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, we did. See, look, I wasn't even paying attention. See, my bad. Uh, Good night, everybody. See me next week. Stay scared. Yeah, and as for me, this is the last time you'll be hearing from the King of Horror, Andy G, because he's going to be committed next week after fucking Hotel Transylvania. So. <laughs> King of Adam, don't, don't, worry, we got, don't worry, we got a room for you at Hotel Transylvania. <laughs>
Keep America Strong, watch horror movies, including Hotel Transylvania, which we'll be talking about next week on the show. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, guys, just fucking say a little prayer for me and just be like, you know, hail Satan, hail King, you'll make it, you'll be okay. Like, you know, send me funny gifts and, and memes and make me feel better. <laughs> Thank you guys in advance. Send <laughs> me your panties, ladies. <laughs>